0: you can't have my cornbread, that's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, they get the taste out your mouth, that's for damn sure. Now fuck him, fuck this, because I'm from New York City, god damn it. Nobody take no cornbread from me. And that goes for you and any of you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions.
1: Yo, what's good? What's um your boy Trey Frazier, right here? I brushed up here with me today.
0: What's good? We uh you are super well, lagging right now.
1: Oh man. Okay, okay. Well let me uh I'm gonna jump right into the show here real quick. Um folks, it's uh the Barbershop Sports Podcast, myself Trey Frazier other maestro styles here with me today um check us out live right here on youtube uh on our channel also on twitter at barbershop sports i'm sorry i'm sorry barbershop s-p-o-r-2 is the twitter handle where you can watch us live right now um also on our facebook page and uh if you can follow us also on instagram at barbershop sports talk podcast uh bro man uh what's good man i understand we got some technical issues going on it's what's going on
0: cooler man if you can still hear me you can hear me kind of uh i guess exclusively i guess like i hope yeah it's not, i true, can I hope, hear you okay i I-, I'm, I just hope it's not too much lag so that at least if uh if your or my video was going to come in a little a little blurry at least they could at least hear the uh the content in a cohesive manner
1: yeah yeah they could hear um like i said and you know we talked before we got on here live I can hear you clear. Um, my side is good. Um, I hear everything that you're saying. Uh, we should be good as far as like the viewing audience and all that good stuff. So I think we in a good place, bro, as long as uh, nothing else happens. I think we yeah. in a good place. Um, wow. but, what's good, though, man? How, how's your week been?
0: Uh, testing, but, it, you know, hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's right. yes, every week. It seemed like right. <laughs> seems that way. But, you know, seems that way. Fight yeah. or flight. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, it, it kind of a quick turnaround. Um, you know, given we we did the last recording on Thursday, so we're kind of jumping right back into it real quick. But Shout uh, out Liz. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Liz Robbins, man. That was uh, you know dope appearance by her second time in her you know second time she's been on the podcast. So uh, so that was cool. That was cool. Um, excited tonight because uh, we got a special guest um and for folks that um don't know this person she she, um years ago this might have been five six years ago um espn had the first take your take contest and um she just happened to be one of the finalists to come on first take and debate stephen a um she goes by the name of crystal stone uh she worked for espn radio a little bit after that appearance on first take And now she's out in Arizona doing a school thing. She's still, you know, covering sports and things like that. She's a Dallas native, so she's a Cowboys fan. She's a Mavericks fan. So we'll, you know, we'll talk to her in a little bit in regards to her two teams, her kind of journey into, you know, covering sports and how she, you know, what got her into doing the first take thing. So, and, um, you know, looks like we have her here uh right now uh coming in folks. So um Crystal Stone, uh like I said before, uh former ESPN first take your take winner appeared on the show a few years ago as a as a uh as a guest on that show. Um then she did a little bit of ESPN radio for a while and uh, she got accepted to a school out in Arizona. I believe it's Arizona State University. Okay, and now she's uh, you know, she's out here doing a thing, and uh, it looks like now, uh, Crystal, uh,
2: yes, I how y'all doing?
1: How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Great,
2: great.
1: Good, good, good. Uh, loving the background. Loving the loving oh, the two pictures. You. Yes, oh. yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um So, uh, well, first, I want to say uh, congratulations on getting accepted to Arizona State University. So, you're doing a uh, grad that's, school. That's right. right. I'm
2: studying sports journalism at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communications.
3: Okay,
1: no, oh, that's wonderful. Okay. That's what's mm-hmm. that's great. That's great doing your thing, doing your thing. So, um, so I'll I'll stop here. So, a uh, two part question for you because you're a Dallas native. And um, you relocated to New York um, for a few years, and then you got the ESPN uh, first take your take um, gig, and then you did ESPN radio for a little bit. Um, describe for us what made you decide to pack up and leave for New York and kind of, you know, leading to where you're now. Oh,
2: so I actually in acting. I got my okay. theater degree. My I majored in theater. Austin, and so I studied theater there and after I graduated I moved to New York to pursue acting so I was doing everything from theater to independent films a little television here um, and so that sort of led me into um, the contest for a first take um, I had been having fun talking about sports and arguing with sports with my friends my guy friends um, at the sports bar that I go to in Harlem, Harlem Tavern, shout out to everyone at Harlem Tavern. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like I tell people that's Harlem Tavern raised me, you know, in the sports talk game. I mean, that's where I learned how to like really chop it up and like have to know my stuff and know my stats and go back and forth. Um, And so from there, um, the ESPN First Take contest was announced. I think it was in the fall of 2016. And I was like, ah, I have to do this. So um, I submitted about, 13 one-minute videos sort of kind of giving my takes on the hottest four topics of the day. Um, and out of like 7,000 submissions or something, I was the one who won uh i was the 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 woman winner there was a male winner yeah i remember that yep um yeah yeah and so that's that's what led me to new york and you know i had a whole life after in new york and now i'm shifting gears um to dive into journalism specifically sports journalism and and move forward as a reporter and on-air talent
1: go ahead
0: um no i i was super well (laughs) <laughs> I, I was super interested. I'm super interested in the fact that um you started from a theater background. Um, But the question I have is 13. So you said you entered 13 times.
2: Yeah. So the thing is, it, it, you know, they encourage you to continue to submit your videos, right? Okay. Because the prompt was if there's something that you disagreed Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellerman with on something, then you submit a video in to kind of you know go back them and give your take. So yeah. over the course of six weeks, the contest lasted six weeks. Um, I just kept submitting stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. just I am a huge fan of the show. I've been watching it for years, and it's one of those things where you're at home and I'd be arguing with the TV by myself. And this is an opportunity, you know, like let me actually let people know how I really think. Right think about talking about so over the course of 16 weeks i submitted 13 different one minute videos going mm-hmm. back at either stephen a. smith or max on a particular sports topic So you, think Do you, you
1: watch uh first
0: yeah, yeah every day okay,
1: okay. <laughs> who, who did
0: you uh, what, find your disagree my fault right who did you find yourself go ahead, go ahead. with more
2: now what kind of question is that um Stephen A. Smith <laughs> is the biggest Cowboys hater so of
3: course Stephen
2: <laughs> but it was all funny because you know the contest was I was announced as the winner like in November mm-hmm. and I went on the show in January so you know I have two months to like really you know prep and research and make sure I'm on point point and the Two days before I went on the show, the Cowboys played in the divisional round game against the Green Bay Packers. Mm. It's home like, bruh, we win? If we right. win, it's yeah. going to be on yeah. the top of the first state And as you both, I'm sure you know, yeah. Cowboys lost. And so, yeah, I remember sitting with one of my homeboys at Harlem Tavern because I went there to watch the game, of course. And we sat in the back of the bar after the game and we were just prepping. He was just helping me prep for the show because I had to shift Mm -hmm. gears, right? I couldn't come in with my chest out like, oh, the Cowboys won and blah, blah, blah. It was like, all right, how do I shift gears in the fact that that we lost? And how do I play defense now when Mm -hmm. I go on the show?
1: So, Mm
2: -hmm. uh, yeah, it was definitely more Stephen A. Smith, even though Max was kind of giving it to me a little bit, too. But, yeah, they were all really fun.
1: That's what's up. Going back to the acting uh, for a second. So the biggest acting gig that you got while you were in New York was... Oh,
2: jeez. Um, oh, more recently, I was on the season finale of Power. Power. Okay. The one with... It's um, in Canaan? Oh. with oh, uh,
1: Ghosts, right?
2: Ghosts, yeah. I think they're all power, but yes. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so I had a scene with him, which was really funny. I played his assistant, or his secretary, whatever. Uh. And, um you know, he uh, another, another yeah. Another actor came into the room and he he said, "Crystal, can you please give us some time?" And so there was that whole little scene. That was probably like the most recent.
0: I'm going back. I'm nice. going <laughs> to back to look for
2: it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> season finale. I gotta, yeah, I got to look for that. Uh-huh. I got to look That's for that. <laughs> um, so, so l- tell me about your uh, like. What was your? I guess the process at the ESPN. What was the day? The day like? Can you walk us through, as much as you can walk us through? Yeah.
2: That was a whirlwind. So after first take after the actual show on that day, uh, they had me meet some people and the VP or the vice president who oversees first take the other show, Get Up and some NBA shows as well. Mm-hmm. He we were in the cafeteria and he walks by and he goes, oh, she'd be great for radio. And so, you know, I was just like, what? Um, And, you know, after the show, I went in in his office and talked to him and we talked about, you know, possibilities. I had no idea. Like I was an actor. I was just having fun. I had Mm -hmm. no interest in this field or going into this career uh, field at any at any point. But I knew I really liked what just happened. Right. I feel like I did well. And I was like, whatever that was, I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they uh, put me on ESPN radio a couple of times just as a guest. Um, so I went up to the headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut and went on, um, I think at the time it was Rothenberg and Metcalf, their show, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was on Saturdays. So I went there a couple of times and then a few months after that, they brought me on as a host, um, with two other people, uh, Matt Stick and Will Reeve. And we had our own show called the hangout that was on Sundays from like 12 to four on the national radio network. So that, that was interesting. Um, I'm based, I was based in New York, but, but they would have us come up to mm-hmm. maybe a couple of times, or they'd have us go to the studio that they share with ABC that's right. in New York yeah. City. Right. So that was interesting. You know, it's just kind of throughout the week, paying attention to what's going on. It was a general sports topic show, whatever's happening. Nothing's absolutely specific that we had to like hone in on. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the week, of was just paying attention to what's going on, kind of taking notes for yourself. And then having ideas for guests, they bring on guests and, you know, that was, it was, it was, it was a lot of learning on the fly. I had no idea what was going on a lot of Mm times, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was passionate about what I was talking about, but the actual like job itself is this super new, Um, but, and it was super intimidating, right? Especially when you're working with people who for a long time, you know, you walk in and you're like, yeah, is this thing? Is this thing on? (laughs) Hi, Mm -hmm. my name is Crystal Stone. And yeah, (laughs) you know, so that was really it was a really cool learning experience. And it forced me to pay attention to sports that I hadn't paid attention to before. Like I had to watch hockey. I had never Mm -hmm. watched a hockey game ever Mm, um, before I started doing that. And baseball had to pay attention to baseball. Um, And then it kind of allowed me to. Um, sort of showcase my 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 knowledge in other sports that they weren't knowledgeable in, like women's college basketball mm-hmm. or W the WNBA. So I kind of was able to shine in that light. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really good learning experience uh, doing spirit Radio for a while.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Um, so let, let's shift to now. You get accepted for, uh, by Arizona State University, and now you're relocating out west. And I did see some footage of you at the Super Bowl this, you know, last month. Um, Take us through that experience. What was that like to kind of cover the Super Bowl and to meet different players and, and, you know, people of importance?
2: That was super cool. I would have never dreamed something like that ever happened to me. Uh, One of the pulls to come to choose this program specifically is because You know, it's a top five market. I think they have like five different professional sports teams here. Mm -hmm. Um, So the sports-wise, there's so much going on here. Um, And then the Super Bowl was going to be here. It just happened to be the one year that I'm here for grad school, the Super Bowl was here. And I have to shout out my professor, um, who also is at ESPN, um, Professor Bill Roden. He is my column writing and commentary class professor. And he hooked me and like seven of us
3: students
2: with media path was like a show like all the players the ladies was just like ah what's going on but we were tasked with writing three different columns for that week for class So, Mm. you know, it's like, yay, fun, But no, no, no. I have a job to do. So I was able to shift. And yes, there's these famous athletes and, you know, Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, all these famous people. But I have a job to do. I have questions to ask in order to write my story. So um, over the course of the week, I was able to sort of shift out of that fangirl mode and and really, you know, get down to business, get grounded, ask the questions I need to get in there and ask. And it's it's interesting once you have that media you know you belong there Mm. just like you know Diana Rossini or you know Adam Sheffer like you belong there just like you and so you can you know I'm Mm. way up there at the Eagles Eagles media day you know there's a he's sitting at a podium and there's cameras and there's people surrounding surrounding him but in between the podium and the cameras there's this like little empty space and so I said I'm going to Crawl down there and yeah. get into that empty little thing. So I literally got down on my knees. I crawled down and got right in front of Jalen Jalen Hurts and had my phone out and was able to ask him the questions I needed to ask him because I had a story to write and I yeah. needed to ask him those right, questions. Right. So and he was he was so nice. You know he looked right me you know right at me and and answer my questions. So, um you know it was just a, it was definitely a test of grit and um a test of like okay what kind of journalist are you going to be? Are you going to be a you Are you going to kind of sit in the back and kind of hope that something, you know, good happens while you're here? It's like, right. no, I'm going to take it, take the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a really good week. Got to talk to a lot of different people. And for that to be my first media day, the freaking Super Bowl of of all opportunities. Talk about um, it. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing.
0: That's no, that's, that's crazy. So I, I guess my question is, um, I'm interested and in, now I'm interested because that's a, that's a, that is a hell of a, look, me, me and Trey started this podcast just because we like talking shit to each other about sports. So I, I mean, and as we've been doing it, it's, it's, it's interesting that we get to hear more and more stories from people like yourself about um, what it's like to actually be on the, um, the, I guess the I guess there's coach comments like they say they talk about people who coach the game. Then they talk about couch commentators. I guess we, I guess a, a way that I like to describe us, we're like couch media. That's kind of like doing. It. So it's always interesting to hear hear your takes on um, on it and what, whatever. I guess are there any other like is there something interesting? Like if I wanted to not be a couch media person anymore, what would be like? What would, what would be some of, like your tips and tidbits? On um, dealing with the day to day in the field, per se.
2: <laughs> now you know I'm still in school, right? So I'm right. true, 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 true. Let me pull hey, up my notes. you doing it
1: all.
3: Hold on. <laughs> Let me pull up my
2: notes from my class uh, last week, and I can share you what I just learned. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a full um, plate, <laughs> you know. And I have to listen. I'm. I, I have to say, my shout. Same thing. Like I have my own podcast for like two years. The folks at ESPN Radio had suggested that I start a podcast to kind of get used to talking in in a mic and just sort of getting that uh, practice. And so that they had me do that for a few months before I even got onto ESPN Radio, and I was, you know, doing the same thing, just kind of, you know, doing my thing, had guests on, and was enjoying it. Um, But I made the decision that there was more to me than just talking about sports and just kind of being in the conversation. I'm a very curious person and I've been told by my family friends that I ask a lot of questions. So I think Mm -hmm. naturally there's a there was a journalist somewhere in there and I needed to discover her. So that led me to go and um, explore the idea of going to grad school to sort of get that base, that foundation in journalism. That's shifted for me, right? And so the reporting aspect of it is super exciting for me, finding out details, relaying information, um, telling people stories. The way I've I've said it um, in, in my applications, like I tell everyone, for years, I told stories as an actor, like I you know, on stage or on film. Now I'm telling stories as a journalist. It's just a different medium. Um, I'm still putting people's words and stories and feelings out there for people to see. So the shift is really dependent on what your focus and what your goal is. Um, For me, I knew it was more than just talking about sports is always going to be a component of it. I would love to be a host and sort Mm -hmm. of moderate conversations. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm a natural at that. Um, But beyond that, um, I know that it, from what I've been told with the folks at ESPN is versatility is key, right? Yeah. So not just being a host, but being able to go and sideline report, being able to go write a story that's going to be posted online on ESPN.com, something like that. Um, having that versatility meant for me, mean different for different people. But for me, it meant going to school and sort of getting the basis of journalism down.
1: I like how you talked about, um, as you were talking about being at the Super Bowl, being at Eagles Media Day and kind of happening to work your way to the front just to get your questions answered by Jalen Hurts. like I kind of compare that to, well, you know, ask questions because the worst thing that could happen is somebody could say no or somebody could turn you down. And it's like, okay, I'll just have to try another time to ask somebody else. I, I, I kind of like that from you because I've heard in that media in in that industry you really have to be um a dog to really go up and get what you got to get you know to get the job done
2: yeah absolutely and i mean i had a i had a, a bit of a you know i got checked one night on the first night I uh, one of my stories was about <laughs> trash talking in the NFL, and I wanted to focus on Nick Sirianni and how he's kind of been known as his trash talker. The difference is or what makes it unique is that it's coming from the head coach. Right. The, that. behavior, yeah, right. As opposed to like a diva wide receiver. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, that you know, the first night I'm going around and asking players, I asked Brandon Ingram about it. You know, I got some good quotes. And then I went to Travis Kelsey, I was like, oh, let me get the other team's perspective of the trash talking. And, you know, I got right up in, I mean, Diana Rossini's right there. Like, it's like people are right, all around me, right? So I'm getting there. I was like, yeah, Travis, I was like, you you know, you um, like to engage a little bit in the trash talk every now and then. And, and uh, you know, how does it feel to be able to have trash talk your way all the way to the Super Bowl? You know, that, like you go walk the walk and talk the talk,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. And so
2: he was just like, you know, I really don't engage in trash talk, you know, but I finish it. Something like that, right? But the right, answer yeah. was like very blunt. And
3: so yeah. i was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> all right.
2: Um, with a little bit more training, like I would have had a follow up right then, right? But I just yeah. kind of was like,
3: okay, right. then you said, you know, great.
2: But it was a learning. It was a learning curve. Like the next time, I was like, "All right, let me make sure I have like a follow up just in case it is short." Or like he he knows he's a trash talker. Like he knows. Right. Yeah. You know, most people say he's such a big trash talker, but he just kind of wanted to downplay it. And I probably should have been prepared for his answer to go that direction, and Mm -hmm. then you know, better prepared in that way. But yeah.
1: Yeah, he wanted to downplay that because he didn't want to give the Eagles bulletin board material. That's kind of what I take from that.
0: I mean, you can say that, but or maybe he just didn't, maybe. I, I mean, I I imagine that uh, a player would want to have to answer as less possible questions as they could possibly answer. So if I can hit you mm-hmm. with the one thing that's going to make you be quiet and say, yeah. "All right, I got my quote," <laughs> then that's what that's kind of what they want to do. I, I feel you. I I probably would have froze up like that too. Honestly, it, um, I, I where where you clearly have more training than I do. I'd be like, uh. Who are
2: you talking to? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he didn't, it wasn't like a comeback at me. I remember the okay, okay. Like, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I don't do a lot of trash talking. I don't. No, he goes, I don't do a lot of barking. I just, I just bark back. Got
0: and you. that's okay. how the quote
2: ended. And I was like, okay, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't what okay, I was okay, hoping for. right. It was, it was really like it just wasn't what I was hoping for in an answer. So he, his quote didn't make my story. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Oh, so he, he wasn't blowing you know, off me. per se. Well, he wasn't blowing you off. In no, 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 no. Oh, I got you, got you. Okay.
2: No, not at all. It was more like the answer was so blunt, and I wasn't prepared for it.
1: Yeah, it was she was so expecting right. a longer answer from him, and yeah. she got the she got the short answer, and didn't know how yeah. to combat that. Yeah. But um, I want to I want to talk about your teams that you root for. Um, so you're Dallas native, uh, big Mavericks fan, I hear. Also, Dallas Cowboy fan i'll start with the cowboys first um i'm gonna be blunt about it um wh- what the hell do they gotta do to get themselves back into at least a nfc championship game or or even further than that you know get to a super bowl
2: jerry jones needs to retire
1: mm. Mm. i mean mm.
2: think about it i um was a teenager when the Cowboys won those Super Bowls, right? Yeah. yeah. And I never understood at that time why he let Jimmy Johnson go. I just, I just never quite understood. My mom would try to explain it to me, but you know, it couldn't really process it as a kid at the time. Yeah. Um, To this day, I think the way Jerry Jones runs this team, he runs it like a profitable business and it absolutely is. It is the most, um, what what are they they have their record for being the most uh the have the most network i heard whatever. he cheap
1: though i heard he cheap
2: you know he can be i don't know what he is but uh what he is <laughs> what what he is is he doesn't make the best business decisions for a team that's trying to win a super Bowl yeah he makes the best decisions for a team that's that's a great business. It's a great business.
0: Great business. I mean, it has
2: the most fans. The most, yeah. you know. I mean, come on, it's the most of everything with the Cowboys. I mean, they love. To, like, at, they
0: ESPN wants to talk about them every single day for for something. So clearly, they're establishing. And there's something. a reason for that, right? Absolutely. And I was
2: literally, I was literally, I was literally told that they do better when the Cowboys are
0: doing. Them. That that makes a lot of sense.
2: Like, mm-hmm. like this, this is what it is, right? And uh, you can attribute a lot of that. You have to give a lot of that credit to Jerry Jones and how he's been running this business, not the team itself, but the business. He runs so incredibly well. Yeah. Um, but what the Cowboys need, I was just like kind of as I was prepping, I was just kind of writing some notes to myself. And I was like the first time that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, when they went back then, yep. after the, afterwards, he was quoted as saying that, you know, he screamed in his pillow at night. He couldn't believe, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl before they you know, we're able to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I thought about after this past Super Bowl experience, they went again, what, in four years yep. with a different coach, yeah. a different quarterback, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of different, different, team. Playmakers, yeah. different team, different yeah. team, different, different playmakers. And the Cowboys still have a lot of their unit, right, with Dak, and Ty- Tyron Smith, a lot of their original unit from six, seven years ago. And, and where are they? I think the difference between, let's say, the Eagles, the Rams, who you know threw out the kitchen sink and signed every agent, yep. made every trade they could, yep. is that the Cowboys seem to be sold on the idea they can build this team through the draft, mm. solely through the draft, and right. maybe a little bargain veteran mm-hmm. here and there. Right. What's holding them back? They have never. They historically have never been. Um, active during free agency so when march comes every year people like you know y'all ask me oh what do you guys think he's free agent they're not gonna do anything during free agency they just historically have not made any big moves in march It's just it's not the makeup of this team right. it's not how jerry jones does business um he likes to take his bets on the talent that he gets during the draft um and and, but seeing how the Eagles just did that, mm-hmm. I mean, they were making trades, every big name, A.J. Brown, yeah. like they were making trades left and right. The Rams did it and it was successful. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's holding the Cowboys back, making those big splash moves are separating the contenders from a team like the Dallas Cowboys. But I'll
1: go back a few years, too. I remember a big free agent that y'all picked up. His name was Terrell Lowens, And that was one of the best teams, one of the best Cowboys teams that I saw um, during that time, I think it was 2007 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that was a number one seeded team, um, you know, had the home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then they get upset by the giants um, that one year. And then it just kind of, you know, fell off after that, you know, they let go of Tio a year later after that, but you you make a great point. Like I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think like, like, damn, she's right. Like what, big names have they really gone out to get? Like, that's in their prime kind of a thing. Like, and, I, I can't think of any.
2: And, you, you know, you can give them credit for Amari Cooper, right? Because once they brought in Amari Cooper, trading yeah. away a first round draft pick, it mm-hmm. helped Dak significantly. Yeah. But then what they do after that? They let Amari let Cooper him walk. walk. Yeah. Yeah. And the wide receiver position still... After you bring in Gallup, after you bring in C. Lamb, after you bring in James Washington, still at the end of this season, the wide receiver position is still a huge need for the Dallas Cowboys mm. coming into this next season mm-hmm. so Jerry Jones has been quoted he I think it was a couple of weeks ago where he admitted letting Amari Cooper walk yeah. wasn't such a great idea um but this this experimenting just kind of like well let's just see what we what we have now and to see how it works it's not working you have to take that dive and I think it may be to your point that maybe he is cheap well uh <laughs> sir you can't the money ain't gonna go when you die like what do you yeah that money ain't that money, money, ain't, money going ain't going in the coffin so yeah <laughs> it like you know and he only has so much time and I think what to be on, on a very serious note what 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 scares me the most and what concerns me the most is Dak's in his seventh year Zeke's in his seventh year they just put the franchise franchise tag on Tony Pollard and I think Zeke's gonna take a pay cut to stay with his best friend Dak
3: mm-hmm. but
2: running out of time right Right? they're they're running out of time with what the pieces that they had that worked so well in Dak's rookie year yeah we're seven years down the line and they haven't gotten past the divisional round they're running out of time
0: yeah Uh, that's that was good you literally took it out of my mouth that they are running out of time and i what i've been saying about the cowboys for the past two or three years is that they're in a championship window they have the pieces around them maybe they need to add a piece you know add a piece here add a piece there but their core are good enough to play with anybody in the NFL if, you know, if supported properly. So it's interesting that you say that. Um, I'm going to throw a question at you and you just, you just, you know, you just tell me how you feel. I'm just, these these are some of the things I've heard from Dallas fans. They are done with Dak Prescott. Where are you with that?
2: Yeah. After the last, I'm not going to lie. I'm sick of it. But that was my emotions talking. That was definitely my emotions talking. I, after some time of like thinking about it, I had to be serious, honest with myself that Dak Prescott is never going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be even a Jalen Hurts on that level of sort of kind of being able to put the team on his back. Dak needs pieces around him. Mm-hmm. he needs everything to kind of be perfect the weather to be 73 Like so he needs everything to be perfect around him and that's yeah. that's on Jerry Jones putting those pieces around him the other thing is it recently was um reported that Mike McCarthy like one of the reasons why they got rid of Kellen Moore is because they were having disagreements on how to play call the right plays and although kellen moore was able to lead an offense that was one of the top in the nfl for the past few years when it came down to crunch time there are just some play calling decisions that just did not make any sense Mm -hmm. right and so that's holding back back too that i've said this before the cowboys have to decide who is dak prescott is he your hero or is he just gonna like can you put the game in in his hands or do you put oh I don't want to say game manager because I think he's better than the game manager, right? Because he can still make some big plays down the stretch. But they have to make that decision. And that decision is going to be reflected in their play calling when it comes down the line, when the game is on the line. That's to me, that's what separates the the great Super Bowl contenders from just the OK team is the team knowing what their identity is and who they absolutely can count
1: on. Going back to the playoff game against San Francisco, when Tony Pollard went down, that, to me, just kind of said, okay, this is probably it for, you know, for the Cowboys, because she had y'all pulling off the upset, and it looked like it was, you know, kind of going that way, and then Dak throws the interceptions, and then Tony Pollard gets hurt, so you kind of take away your home run hitter, and now, you know, you're just kind of left with, you know, old Zeke, to try to make something happen and it it just didn't work out. But, you know, kind of to your point, you got to be able to overcome those kinds of things, regardless of, you know, what the situation is. And Dak hasn't proven that he could do that.
2: He hasn't proven he can do that, but then at the same time, I don't know what happened to Dak this season. I don't know. With the interceptions, he starts off his rookie year with four interceptions and then like leads the league in the interceptions in the seventh year. I don't understand how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let a quarterback guru come on and say that, uh,
1: speak to that. But um, What was his yeah, injury? He, his injury was the thumb, right? The,
2: the injury was the thumb. On his throwing yeah. shoulder?
1: On his throwing hand?
2: I think so. I think so. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, that would be the okay. reason why he was be out. Right. I was gonna yeah. say
1: not to make excuses for him, but yeah,
2: and I and I'm, I'm I'm over this excuses. Kind of to your your question, your original question. Um, am I done with Dak? I'm kind of done with the excuses. What I want to see is obviously Dak played better ultimately, but then also I want to see this team make personnel decisions that show that they trust Dak with this team.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so you I feel, feel right. like they don't trust <laughs> Dak with the team? Um.
2: I don't know. Something's up.
0: (laughs) Something's up. Okay. So, but you're but you're not in the position where you feel like, as a Dallas fan, let's start looking for a quarterback. No, because what we're gonna do? What
2: we're gonna do? Who we gonna get? Well, who who who? That's my. That's always my retort (laughs) to people who are like, "Give her the deck. Then who Mm -hmm. we gonna get? Like, we're gonna have to wait and try to like hope for a dream in the in the in the um, in the draft. Right. We already know Cowboys don't do the do the deed in free agency. They're not gonna make a big trade. And it will look bad on Jerry Jones, right? Jerry Jones has a huge ego. And look how Jerry Jones sticks with people, right? Yeah. Jason Mm -hmm. Garrett going eight and eight, Mm -hmm. eight and eight, eight and eight. Mm -hmm. And he's still stuck with him, right? Because it's his ego, because that was the decision that he made, right? Right. To put him there. So um Mm -hmm he he tends to let people stay a little bit longer than they should and i'm not saying that that's the issue with dak but i mean as far as his ego yeah. is concerned signing dak to that huge deal making him the highest paid quarterback at that time that that's jerry jones's decision and he's gonna stick by that he's gonna have to stand by that we're we're stuck with dak and yeah. the way i see it is like we're stuck with dak let's just put the right pieces around him
0: and hope for the best
1: yeah i think he's a good quarterback though i i yeah, i, I yeah, agree with sure. you that he he needs he needs some extra help yeah, on that side of the sure. ball
0: yeah, I agree with you that that they miss Amari Cooper. <laughs> That's I, I I certainly agree. <laughs> they miss Amari Cooper, um, and, and, and they're wishing that they could have paid that man. They definitely wish they um, talk to me about the optics. So talking, going back, so I, I you know not to add more gloom to your team, but um, another conversation that I've been having with uh, Dallas Cowboys fans is the optics of. Back to back playoff losses to the 49ers in um, some would say a not great uh, coaching way. So how do you feel about, how do you, uh, yeah. how you feel about that? Yeah. Like, and for certain that play and for certain that, that play where uh, Zeke was playing center, uh, you know, like it's, it's these funny things. That's that, what I'm talking about. Yeah, but yeah. that's my
2: point. That is exactly my point. Who, who, who went when they were sitting weeks ago, you know, prepping for the playoff, who in the room, who I want to know whose idea was it? Who came up with this? This, yes. this play has been in the playbook for months. Like whose idea with that? That's my point.
3: <laughs> what? I you know. I couldn't believe it.
2: So that's why I say it's not always all on deck. And it's very interesting to see how this team is going to progress with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. Now he called the plays for the majority of his career with the Packers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had some success there and there was maybe some back and forth between him and Aaron Rodgers, but to see what's going to happen with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. And he did make a comment that um that he disagreed on some of on, on the way that Kellen Moore saw the team. He said there were so many times that Kellen Moore wanted to pass the ball on first down, but the Cowboys have been known as a team that runs on first down. In fact, they've yeah. been more successful, right? Well, they've actually been more successful passing on first down than they have been on running. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or yeah, I think I have that right. So how this team progresses with that big change, because that that is a big deal, like the coaching and, I don't know how confident I feel in Mike McCarthy. You know, calling the plays, but he did have that role with Green Bay, and they yeah. weren't uh, too shabby. He
1: team. also had Aaron Rodgers, so that I makes know. a I big knew, difference I literally too. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew
2: you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, again, Maybe with the right pieces around deck, this this could all turn around. So, um,
0: oh, right. uh, give Go me ahead. give me projections in your in your in your in in in, in your perfect world. Dallas Cowboy fan going into this, this next season, what happens in the off season and how do you feel like it would fare? And, and I'm talking about not, not professional. Don't be professional as a fan. What would you like to happen? And, and how do you, and, and if that happens, how does that, how does you, how do you compete in the NFC in your world?
2: Okay. So in my perfect world, they address the wide receiver position. Um, preferably in the free agency. We get a big, you know, name in free agency, um, or they, they add a couple pieces in the draft um, perfectly in the, uh, the right world. They address the cornerback position because I don't know what happened to Trayvon Diggs, what's going on there. And then on the other side of the ball, we've, they've had so many injuries on the other side of the field. So they address that, that um, they address defensive tackle as well. Um, and, you know that this works out with mike mccarthy i'm not worried about the defense because dan quinn is still at the helm Mm -hmm. but um michael parsons needs some help michael parsons is running out there running ragged and i'm Mm. afraid that they're going to run him down to the ground so they need to get him some Mm. help so all those things happening um i'm not worried about the nfc east because the cowboys have ran the nfc east now granted um the Eagles just won a division. But yeah, I mean, as but... far as the head-to-head matchups with the Giants, the head-to-head matchups with the other teams, Dak is on the winning side of and, and by landslide yeah. um against those teams. So I'm not yeah. worried about the NFC East. I am concerned about the the entire NFC, especially um with what happens with San Francisco, mm-hmm. what direct Brock Purdy, like what's happening there. Yeah. Um and Aaron Rodgers, bro, what are you doing? You just gotta have your darkness retreat. Like, where are you gonna go? I mean, is he gonna go to the Jets? Like, I don't know. Is he gonna stay in the NFC? Um, so really it's more about how the NFC as a whole lines up in this offseason.
3: Um but I, I, they start to additions
2: equitably. The Cowboys will always be a contender. Always, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. You're you're a fan that I think Stephen A. always kind of describes as cowboy fans, like always, you know, getting your hopes up. You know, once you start to see him play some good ball, and then it just kind of the other shoe falls, and you know that's all she wrote. <laughs>
2: Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yes, It is very true. But I'm also realistic, right? And so I know that I knew the boys wouldn't get very far this season i mean actually if you list, look at the last maybe three or four years what separates i've always said what separates a good team from a great team is both teams play well but great teams play well consistently and the cowboys yeah. mm-hmm. they come on number one offense top five defense they play well they just week to week you don't know which team is going to show well. yeah. um, and, yeah, and once that once that <laughs> team culture sort of gets implemented and and established I, the, doesn't matter what talent is on the field. Doesn't matter what big free agents we get. Doesn't matter how well Mike McCarthy coaches. If they can't show up week to week, like you know the Patriots did when they went on their run, or mm-hmm. like the Eagles did this entire season, it's just it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: So I, I want to um and and Crystal, we 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 definitely appreciate your time here. I actually want to apologize because we kind of keeping you past the time that you had stated to me in the email, but I do got two questions for you. In my two defense, more I didn't get the email. Um, oh, okay. Mm, okay. I would have been, <laughs> okay. been better.
0: Okay. I swear I would have been better.
1: <laughs> even, though has access, even though he has access to I it, he didn't no, get that, it. You was I not cc No, was I
0: was not cc'd. Not
3: CC'd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, question about the Mavericks. Um, so, Luca and Kyrie Irving... You know, this dynamic duo, we've seen them for about seven games now. I know they're two and five in those games, but um, let's look bigger picture the playoffs. Um, what ceiling do you give the Mavericks to the playoffs? Yeah, I'm this you year? know,
2: I was watching, I was here earlier this week watching the Suns, the game against the Suns. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, it came down to the wire. Obviously, how that game ended it was very disappointing. Um, I'm not the way that a lot of people seem to be freaking out because there's only seven games and not all big trades. Um, the teams don't always just like magically game one. They're like the most great great team in the world. Sometimes you got to cook, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it with there, there being some cooking here, although there are only 17 games left in the right season. Not a lot of time to cook, but I feel like they just need a little bit more time to cook. These are two big mega stars in the NBA who are trying to have to figure out like how to mesh. The bigger issue beyond all of that is defense. Yeah. Right. The, you bring in Kyrie Irving, OK, well, how do you adjust the defense side of the ball? So that's what I look at when I look at the mass of how they're addressing the defense. Luca admitted that he wasn't 100 percent. He hasn't been 100 percent. He's been dealing with a thigh injury. Um, some of their playmakers or their role players have to step up a bit. I think Kleber was out. Josh Green, um, didn't have the greatest game. So once those role players get cooking, I think Kyrie and Luca are going to be fine. Um, but I mean, the records is the record and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of on teetering on having to go into the play in tournament. And I'm not sure about that. So, um, I really want to see them being in Phoenix right now and kind of being surrounded by the Suns yeah. and this whole atmosphere. Yeah. There, I mm-hmm. love that this is a B. I love that there's a new B. You know, I yeah. love that that's this the Mavs versus the Suns. I love like this new rivalry that's kind of emerged over the last couple of seasons. Um, with the Lakers being out, because you know LeBron, I don't think he's coming back this season, or you know they're not going to be a contender. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight race. Um, but I do feel like the Mavs have a little bit of time to kind of get this together. And as long as they figure out how to play well on the defensive side of the ball, they'll be a good t- contender. Luca, the thing is, Luca and Kyrie are dogs, right? And so yeah. they have a lot yeah. to prove. They're not gonna fall flat on their face. Yeah, you know, that game ended the way it ended, but they're still trying to yeah. figure yeah. it yeah. out. Like yeah. at this at the end of the day, mm-hmm. no one's KD. You know, like no one yeah. on that court is KD, and the Mavericks didn't get KD, so the Suns did. So of course, you know they look great. Um, but with the Luca and Kyrie, they just need a little bit more time to kind of figure it out. And I feel like they'll, they'll, they have a chance to get to at least the Western Conference Finals. That's my Western Conference
1: Finals. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Yes. okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. And okay. I want
2: another showdown between the Suns, Suns and the Mavs. Sons Mavs
1: would, Conference final.
2: Would, yes. And I'll yes. be here. Yes, please.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I could
0: dig that. I'm here to say that y'all are going to get mean, y'all boo smoked.
2: <laughs> okay, great. You know what? Ooh, <laughs> the perception. <the> <laughs> The <laughs> <laughs> you know you, know you have the, you know the free version of zoom and that, yeah it tells you, you only
1: the 40 yeah, minutes yeah
0: yeah the 40
1: minute time <laughs> yep. limit yeah yep, yep. yep. no nope. <laughs> look
0: man look man look. i i i like luca let's be clear on it i like luca so much that devin Booker is no longer a top 10 player in the league to me because that how that game seven happened last year i don't you know i i don't i don't like it I'm a Luca fan. But let's be clear. When that man from my city <laughs> went to Phoenix, look, man, say what you want. he hop teams, all cool. That's cool. But when he comes to that team, he's the dude. And he's gonna be the dude. <laughs> and he's just gonna be the dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I, think they I, win it this year, I, though. I don't, think- I don't.
2: I don't dis. I don't disagree. I'm. I went to University of Texas. So did KD. So yeah, I'll always yeah. be a KD fan. Yeah. I'm so happy that he's here. Happens to be here. I'm here for grad school. So I'm very excited. Um. And you're right. Like I'm not going to say I'm not nervous. I am nervous yeah. <laughs> that it could come down to a playoff series between. Luca and KD and Kyrie and I think it's going to be so exciting to see yeah, two be friends slash former teammates going oh, yeah. against each other. It's just mm-hmm. going to be such exciting uh, for basketball this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's no going to be out of the series for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, my last one for you, um, kind of going back to the Cowboys. Um, who, are you, who are your five uh, best Cowboys all time? Your top five?
2: So the first three were easy because they are my idols.
3: Growing up, and
2: that's yep. we're just you know, <laughs> everything was great. Um, I struggled the last few because I was like, Well, let me go a little more recent. I always loved Des Bryant and what he brought to the team and the energy, even during even though it was during a time where the Cowboys <laughs> did struggle. Mm-hmm. He threw up the X, mm-hmm. loved Des, Um, and it wasn't in my time, right? But Roger Staubach of course, like, hmm. legend, Tony Dorsey legend so my two my last two spots kind of hovering those I always would love Charles Haley because I feel like he didn't get his flowers in the way that Tom Brady did when he got his first five Mm -hmm. Super Bowls I'm like Charles Haley already did that right Mm -hmm. so I Charles Haley I would definitely put up there for sure
1: that's what's up that's what's up I, I like the list I kind of like that list. What you What you think, Maestro?
0: Um, I I like the list. Um, just know that there's always somebody calling my phone or directly DMing me or something saying, "Who is this person and what are they talking about?" They clearly know nothing about sports, so I always like to leave that disclaimer with people when they leave when they do they, when you do these top five lists. Um, it's your list, though. So that that's always my defense. I always right back. Care. That's right. That's
1: right. The show. It's your care. list. It's your list.
2: My list. And, you know, maybe I do go with the motion. I had Jason Witten on my list too, uh, because I just feel like he was so clutch. Um, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Like he did no wrong to me. Like there was, he never disappointed me as a fan, Jason Witten. I just felt like he always showed up um so yeah those and I was like oh Deion Sanders but he wasn't there for so very long but yeah I feel like yeah. for longevity and and for what he did for the team and um we could always trust him whenever the ball was thrown in his direction Jason mm-hmm. Witten he would probably take my five spot
3: mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of players to choose from when it comes to Obviously. obviously. And, tell, and tell your friends
2: I don't care. Tell your friends I But I don't care. your five
1: – no, your five is good. Your five is good. Like, <laughs> if anybody call me or or email me or DM me talking about they don't like your list, they crazy.
0: I don't care. Look, and, and look, my homegirl, one of my homegirls is a diehard Dallas fan. So, when she gets a hold of this, she, if she don't like it, she is definitely – yeah – I'm going to just
3: add you. Yeah. Let's be clear. I'm just going to add you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that
1: sounds <was> good. <laughs> uh, Crystal, this this has been fun. This yeah. is, uh, you know, a pleasure yeah. to finally meet you. Um, Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you at on social media and what you got coming up.
2: Oh, yeah. So I'm on social media, all the platforms at Crystal Stone underscore. And that's Crystal with an H-C-H-R-Y, blah, 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 blah. Um, and what I got, have coming up. So I'm still here in grad school in Phoenix, Arizona at Arizona State. And um, I cover the ASU gymnastics team. So you can see some of the footage that I put up with packages. I just did a uh, meet that they did this past Saturday. Um, what else do I have coming up? Oh, my gosh. Like a lot of school, a lot of school work. My program ends in August. So nice. Um, I'll, I'll be out of here. I'm not sure where depends on what the best opportunity is after I leave here. So my future is kind of like you know, I was going to
1: say my best guess would be that when you're done with grad school that you're going to stay put. Arizona from what I've heard is too nice of a city to, you know, not want to leave as far as the weather's concerned. That's what I've heard anyway. No? No. Okay.
2: Okay. okay. I mean I, 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 I I'm not surprised. I thought you were going to say something totally different. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All, right. All right. We'll see. We'll see,
1: right? <laughs> you never know, right?
2: I need a job. Somebody hire me. So I'll put that word out there. Uh, wherever the best opportunity is, I'll definitely take it.
1: All right. Well, I will up. definitely say up.
0: you got the radio voice. So I'm sure the opportunity is going to present itself if that's what you want. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. No yeah.
1: doubt. This was great, Crystal. Thank you so yes. much again for coming on.
2: Absolutely.
1: And uh nice to meet y'all
2: too. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: And we'll uh check you out on social media. We'll check you out. All right. All right. Sounds good.